Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the first episode, which is not the episode we're talking about today, but I thought this was worth bringing up. The first episode originally aired on uh, January 3rd, 1993, which was my eighth birthday. It originally aired on my eighth birthday, and I spent my eighth birthday watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine because I was, I, I was just that cool of a kid, folks. Greetings, Ferengi. Welcome to episode 29 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV shows with a fine-toothed laser. I am Lieutenant Commander Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm Security Head Security Superintendent NeoCal. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's uh, a hard position to fill. The name tag is like really long. It, you don't want it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like two name, like two or three name tags stacked on top of one another. Start yes. eventually. It starts to look like uh like military decoration. But then you get close and you realize you you're just like the middle management for security. Uh, just... Yeah, <laughs> not not a good place to be. Not glamorous. No. Uh, this week on the Lasercomb Podcast, uh, we are continuing on our Star Trek-themed month, where we cover every a random episode of every single uh, a classic Star Trek series in order of release. And this week, we are talking about the 134th overall episode of Star Trek the Deep... Star, Star Trek the Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Star Trek, the deep space, where no Ferengi has gone before. Uh, oh, God, what did I refer to uh, Deep Space Nine as on Discord the other day? It was uh, uh, Space Station Nine in space. No, space Station Nine in space or something like that. Sp space Station Nine in deep space. In deep space. Space Station Nine in deep space. There we go. Space Station Nine in deep space. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, episode uh, 134 overall of uh, Star Trek DS9. It is the 10th episode of season six, The Magnificent Ferengi, originally aired on December 29th, 1997. Um, I didn't realize it didn't really the name of the title or the title of the episode didn't really occur to me when I was looking at the episode list. Uh, when we rolled this uh, episode on the last uh, on the last uh, podcast. But um, after watching the episode, it makes a whole lot of sense because this is one big uh, oma Western homage, specifically a Magnificent Seven or like Dirty Dozen type story. I was going to ask you if you thought it was like a Magnificent Seven totally. kind of like, deal. With them like recruiting like this uh, ragtag uh, team of uh, reluctant adventurers to go on this uh, go on this mission. Um Star Trek Deep Space Nine was the uh, technically the fourth because there was the uh, the Star Trek, uh, the animated series, which is considered like kind of quasi canon. Uh, but uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. How did Nine, I not know that or did I know it existed and it just left my mind? Uh, I think I have mentioned it before, so hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Who can say? Who can say? Um. But uh, Deep Space Nine was the third uh, live action uh, Star Trek series uh, uh, to be released. Uh, it aired uh, concurrently with the later seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation and with the early seasons of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, right. Yeah. That, yeah, there were, they there were was overlap. overlapping. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, even um, uh, uh, the first episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, featured a cameo by uh, Patrick Stewart as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And I believe characters in Voyager, as Voyager went on, they started finding like more and more cute ways of having guest stars from other shows on there. And it was like, oh, we're we're doing some sort of like subspace like thing so we can have a like live interactive hologram of like reg barkley like hanging out on the ship and like shit like yeah. that they because they, uh, the, the plot oh, of that voyager show, <laughs> the plot of that show was they were lost like uh 70 like million light years or something in the sigma in the, quadrant in the de uh, off in the delta quadrant so they and they were trying to find their way home 
but the, to to get more and more uh, uh, guest stars from uh, past uh, Star Trek shows, they they you had to bend some space and time rules. Space <laughs> and time rule, yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it ended up uh, becoming my least favorite Star Trek series, and that's oh. saying something because the other ones people hate a lot for. A lot, I don't yeah, get a lot, why. A, a lot of people hate Voyager and hate Enterprise, and I actually really like both of them. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot of um, Enterprise. I, I should. should go check it out. Um, well, we're like, going to get to it in two oh, weeks. We're going to get there. But um, yeah, I, I think I've already, we've already mentioned this in the beginning of Star Trunk month, but um, Voyager was my favorite because it's the one I much, watched most of. And it all—it's mm. also kind of like the drunk cousin of Star Trek. Like, <laughs> Voyager—it's hard to describe why I like Voyager. <laughs> Voyager also had a lot of um, like Borg shenanigans going on, and yeah. uh, Which you know, I'm a be, fan of. Yeah. you know, be being a kid into sci-fi in the 1990s, like we, we all fucking love the Borg, and so right? <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons why uh, Star Trek First Contact is one of the coolest at movies. And I just uh, have revisited most of them recently, and it's still one of my favorites. The well, we're not Borg. dealing with the Borg today. Sounds, sounds Swedish. <laughs> fucking Borg. <laughs> Fuckity Borg. Fuckity Borg. <laughs> it's, like a, a, it's like a desk, but it's also a dresser. Yeah. It's, it's like 11 man hours to put together. Don't it's worry like, about it. <laughs> it's like space Ikea. Yeah, space Ikea. <laughs> fuckity Borg. <laughs> space Kia. Fuckity Borg. You could buy your own, like, space shuttle, right? It's, like, cheaper, but, like, man, it's going to take you months to put that thing together. Heaven forbid you lose any pieces. <laughs> yeah, and then you, you're, like, you, you follow the directions to the letter, which are just these really, like, abstract, like, pic, like minimalist pictures. <laughs> pictures. <laughs> And he, you end up putting it together wrong and the thing doesn't even fucking work. And you're like, wow, I have all these extra pieces. Uh-oh. Or worse, it does work, but you still have the extra pieces. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, well, well, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll blow up in that warp reactor breach when, when we come to it. Something will happen, and when it does, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> yeah. So uh, th this episode of Deep Space Nine opens in Quark's bar, and uh, Quark is all—he—he's uh, uh, all excited because he just negotiated this deal for this like, uh, what is it? Squ like, what do they call it? Like squill, squill syrup. Yeah, 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 squill syrup. Um, and he's all like bragging about it, and they're like, "Oh, well, there was this what? There was this drought, so there was this big shortage of squill syrup." And he's like, "Nobody uh, could get it. Nobody could get it." And he's like, "Ah, but it turns out there is no drought." And I figured this out because I saw the like accounting minister or whatever buying really expensive rain boots, and they're like, "But why would he be buying rain boots if Ferengi rain boots?" Why why would he be buying uh, uh, rain boots if there was a drought? And he's like, exactly. Exactly. So, so he gives this really like comical. It's like a war hero, like recounting like, yeah, a, yeah. a story. And I'm like, oh, the Ferengi like war hero stories are like. Are, are them like bartering and brokering deals. Yeah. Like, epic like heroes of Ferengi past are like merchants that like traveled like the equivalent of the silk road <laughs> right and, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> and so uh, I, I dig it uh quark quark ends up uh, uh basically doing a you know in space balls where uh dark helmet is like <laughs> before you die there is something you should know about us lone star i am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate and he gives this, and Quark gives this really like long, like convoluted, like um, six degrees of separation of like how oh. he, uh, how it how he was able to actually like talk <laughs> to this fi and blackmail this finance minister, and so he he goes because to this they were connected from 
like you said, like six degrees of separation yeah, somehow. Yeah. And he managed to get yeah. a few more than a few cases of it. Yeah, he, he got three cases of it specifically. And, and he, then everybody clapped. Except and then, they do. Except they do. But here's the thing. He was able to like he was able to um uh, he was able to blackmail this person by saying, Hey, I know there's actually no drought, and you are just uh withholding this stuff to create false scarcity to drive up the price. Uh, if you don't give me these three cases, then I'm going to tell the tell everyone about it and you'll be finished. And I'm like, okay, cool. But now you're telling an entire but bar. But now you just told everyone in the bar. <laughs> you're telling an entire bar full of people about this this uh that this like uh, uh false scarcity is like complete bullshit. I'm like Okay. <laughs> and he's like, haha, and then he gave them to me. Yeah. And all I had to do was agree to never tell anybody. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> uh breaking breaking the uh the first rule of fight club here. <laughs> and so Quark is all like basking in his own glory, and people are all like, Yeah, Quark. He everybody gets uh sidetracked though because there's uh uh who is it um uh Dr. Bashir and someone else I can't remember some Starfleet people a couple main cast members show back up and they're like start talking about like some adventure that they just went on and everyone's all like oh so exciting and Quark is uh Odo shows up and Quark is like man what's wrong with these people and uh Odo's like, well, they're 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 war heroes. People want to hear about that. And Quark's like, but look at what I just did. Like, come on. <laughs> so then we we That's enough out of you, Quark. <laughs> I've got uh, my eye on you. Uh so then uh Quark uh, gets a transmission from the uh uh Grand Magus, which is the like basically the emperor of the Ferengi. And uh, like see, personally being like, hey, I have a job for you. Your mom has been kidnapped and I need you to go save her. I don't and care how you do it. Here's and he's 50 latinum, <laughs> 50 uh, bars of gold plated latinum. And I'm like, it's his mom. You I mean, <laughs> the, 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 like you, you still you got to pay him to go save his own mom who whom he seems to love. I. <laughs> yeah, but uh, she's also someone important to the Grand Magus, 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 Magus. Uh, uh, and we'll we'll find out. Uh, uh, not not too too long. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Quark goes to his brother uh, um, Rom. I always get Rom and his son Nog. Nog's the one son, right? Yeah, Rom. I always get them mixed up. So he goes to his brother Rom, and is like, "Hey, we've been. Uh, I was contacted by the uh, by the Grand Magus, and he wants us to to go and do this. And there's fifty uh, uh, fifty uh, gold uh, bars of gold plated latinum in it for us. He's like, "Oh, okay. Why why would he want us to to go and do this? And he's like, "Well, because it's our mom who was kidnapped. And he's like, "Oh, um." And so there's a, a bunch of there's an extended uh, sequence of them like climbing through Jeffrey's tubes and okay. uh, when did this become a thing, man? I I gotta stop stop and be like they okay. have this awkward conversation climbing through these Jeffrey's tubes to the point where it seems like they're acknowledging their own trope. They're just I thought they were trying to sneak somewhere, right? Yeah, and they actually exit at one point into the quarters of um captain cisco cisco yeah and cisco's sitting there like you know brooding like he always does and he spins in this chair and he's like can i help you and they're like leaning out of this like ventilation <laughs> like jeffrey tube and they're like oh uh we took a wrong turn <laughs> and they like close it and then like crawl back and i'm like wait why are they even in there i'm not entirely sure even after Is this watching like the, the only episode only private place to talk and at this point they know it's a meme they've got to they're they're just they're just memeing on us because there's no reason they can't just go and sit down somewhere and talk 
I, I thought and, I'm and saying the, it's the, funny. I'm not. I'm not dissing yeah, it because of that. But it wouldn't just... surprise. It wouldn't surprise me because this is a very like lighthearted episode, despite the subject matter. Yeah. Um, so uh, Quark explains to his brother that uh, that their mom has been kidnapped by the Dominion, and the Grand Magus wants wants them to to go save her. And Rom is like, "Well, how was she kidnapped by the Dominion?" And he's like, "Oh, she was on a transport ship." And he's like, "What? She's a female." She's a female. How could she possibly transport off of off of her off of planet off of uh, Ferengidar or something? Ferengidar, like... uh, <laughs> um, brother, can't you do it without me? Um, <laughs> and, and so, and then he starts. He's like, "Oh yeah, the the Grand Magus let her go do it. She wanted to go get her uh, her earlobes lifted, which <laughs> plastic surgery." And he's like, yeah. "Oh well, the the Grand Magus is very uh, is very generous that way." And he's like, he "But looks, wait, yeah." Gonna... Quark like looks at his brother and he's like, "Rom, <sighs> something I gotta he, tell you." Yeah, uh, he's not just generous. Uh, he's uh, mom's mom means something special to uh, the Grand Mag- Magus, and um, well, there's no easy way to say this, but uh, they're fucking, they're fucking Rom. <laughs> Our mom's fucking the Grand Magus. Oh, sorry, what? I'm uh, I'm wrong. It's Grand Nagus, not Magus. Oh, is it Nagus? Yeah, yeah. The Grand Magnus, <laughs> the Magnus Ferengar. You know, you know what? There is a there is a um a doom metal band named Grand Magus. So that's I was probably conflating that in my head. I'll forget in in one day anyway. <laughs> the Emperor. Yeah, yeah. The the grand so the Grand Nagus. And so Our they, <laughs> they, um, so they need to go off on this adventure, and they need to start uh, recruiting people to do it. And they, and the who first... better to recruit than a child? <laughs> so they they recruit uh, Quark's nephew uh, uh, Nog, who is a Starfleet officer at this point. He's like a he's like an enlisted he's like an ensign or something like that. But he like is working in securities. Yeah, and when they introduce him, like. The characters age as the seasons go, and I'm like, "Whoa, he's old yeah. enough to cool." Because like, I haven't watched academy. all of it, so I wasn't aware that he he joined even joined Starfleet. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they so they tell him about the plan, and he's like, "Well, uh, I why would I want why would I want to help with it? Like, what I have duties," and he's like, "Well, you could be." the security chief of the uh, uh of the mission and he's like you mean you mean like commander wharf and they're like exactly like commander exactly Worf. like commander wharf and he's <laughs> like okay okay i'm in <laughs> yeah he's like well how many people do you do you have for the mission so far well so far two and then nog is like Make that three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode is like so corny. And it's like you said, Magnificent Seven. There's an air of comedy like to it, despite the stakes being extremely high. Man, this is not my experience with Deep Space Nine. No, Boy, not howdy. at all. The, I really, <laughs> man, we have been rolling well <laughs> for these so episodes. So far, yeah. I don't know if anybody listening to this could tell, but like, I really dig this episode and it hasn't even started yet. Yeah. This yeah. They, the, the plot's only barely moving. It's only barely gotten going, gotten going at this point. Uh, so they, they call up some, uh, some dude whose name I can't remember. I'm just going to call him the assassin. He's the assassin. They, they call up the assassin. They, they call him up. Is this a secure line? Good, good. And when he comes up on vid window, he's fucking sharpening a dagger. <laughs> and his brother, who he's like, oh, which, uh, which, um, I, I, uh, this episode being the called the Magnificent Ferengi, and this is very much a Magnificent Seven type story of yeah. like a <laughs> ragtag group of uh, people coming together. Uh, uh, the sharpening the knife is very much a Western trope. Oh yeah, would, would you introduce spit on it and you? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah when you got a when, knife going. When you're introducing a tough guy in a Western, like that's very <laughs> much a trope of them sharpening a knife. <laughs> yeah. So so they're leaning Even into though they're gonna be using guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're very much leading into the the uh the western uh themes here with this episode. And I love Western. Leck. I love Leck. <laughs> Leck? Okay. I, I love Westerns, so I, I'm I'm here for it. Especially the Magnificent Seven. It's a it's a great movie. The original. Yeah. The remake that came out about five or six years ago wasn't so great but i never saw it and i you don't not. you don't need to <laughs> that original is great though um i have seen the original a couple times um i own it on I like, what i like ooh, what i like about leck um and quark is he's all like there's blah 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 platinum it latinum in it for you if you if you want and he's like i don't care about that and he's all like I work solo anyway, but he doesn't hang up. Yeah. And Quark is like, well, this is actually like re like a big challenge. And like I, I know how you big, like challenges. How big of a challenge? We're we're going up against the Dominion. And he's like, Oh <laughs> that does sound like a challenge. <laughs> uh I'm in. And then he just hangs up. So then they, yeah, so he hangs up and then they recruit uh, this other guy who was like a, um, uh, he was like a former weapons dealer. Oh, the guy that's currently in prison, in jail? Yeah. Yeah, they go up and he's like, oh, long time cousin. I, I think they all call each other cousin. All the Ferengi do. Uh, but maybe think, this is actually his cousin. <laughs> I think uh, this guy and I think the uh, the guy who ends up giving him who ends up lending them their ship later on that we'll meet in not too, too long. I think they are related to Quark. Okay. So they actually are all kind of extended family, but I don't think the assassin guy is related to any of them. No, uh, uh, that would make him the only one that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, what the guy in jail is like, when I get out of here, I'm going to like wrap your intestines around you Quark and like choke you and, make you die five times before you hit the ground. And then he tells the guard, oh, lower the force field. And he's like, huh? What's the meaning of this? And Quark plays like tough. And he like grabs him and he's all like, huh? What are you going to do to me? Well, tell me. Yeah. And then Nog's like, he paid your bail. (laughs) Megatron (laughs) will reward you. Uh, (laughs) His fucking brother, man. A, a reference to our Beast Wars podcast. Too much energon. And he ends up coming along because even though he, he was in jail because of Quark, he's all like, hey, I paid, paid your your bail. I settled things. Plus, and I'm going to give you some Latin. Plus, there's 20 gold bars of to Latin. To split amongst all of us. To split amongst all of us. So here... Quark's already lying because it was fifty. It's actually fifty, and this well, will become. He initially a... told his brother it was fifty. We don't uh, know what the Grand Nagus actually said to him because it was kind of implied off screen. I uh, the the impression that I that I get uh, in this episode is that it is fifty, and it Quark, is 50. Quark Quark's a shrewd uh, shrewd businessman, and he's telling everybody that uh, it's twenty, and they just need a ship. And so and, this ragtag crew is like hanging out at the bar after hours. And this, it was at this moment that I started getting like heavy, like magnificent seven vibes. When they were hanging this. out at the bar. Yeah. Y- yeah. That's when I was like, wait, <laughs> wait a second. I understand why this is titled this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're like uh, the, the assassin guy doesn't like the, the rest of them. And like, he calls them idiots and shit like that. And one particular guy, for some reason, they really don't like a guy that just comes, walks in out of nowhere into the conversation. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, he says he's a liquidator, but they don't elaborate on what that is at all. But except but nobody likes it. It's like we don't like each other, but no Ferengi likes a liquidator. Even like uh, Nog is shit talking this guy. (laughs) He's like 15. And then he's like, oh, I guess I'll just take my ship and like move on then. And oh my God, this this is how you know it's a Western. 
Man, this is when I knew I loved this episode. Because As right he's before, leaving. Because right before, right before that, um, they're like, they're like, uh, okay, so so we need a plan, but uh, uh, fir- first thing we need a ship, and Quark's like, uh, ship, uh, and the assassins guys like, you don't have a ship, and he's like, no, but we'll 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 get one, get one, no. and then well, they're like. Nog is like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And we need to like do this. And they're like, we're not calling you, sir. And Nog almost walks off because he's not getting like respect as the the security like right. chief, chief strategist. Right. And like they're all bickering. And it's just like, well, what about a ship? You can't even do this if we don't have a ship. I I said we'll we'll find a ship. And and the the liquidator guy, they're like, no, we we don't want anything to do with you. And the liquidator guy is like, uh, well, I, all right, then I guess I'll just walk away and leave on my ship. And my ship like, that I came here with, I guess I'll just go, you know, like take my ship that I own away. And as he's walking, Lek, the, the assassin, fuck man, whips his like dagger across the bar right beside uh, the the liquidator and it embeds in the wall beside him to get his attention and he turns around right. and it's all like welcome aboard <laughs> and they and he's part of the crew he's the only one that they didn't have to like twist yeah like they didn't go to him he he asked to to do it and i'm I'm not sure why to to gain gain some Ferengi cred back. Uh, it's explained in dialogue that uh, he is uh, a disgrace. Not only is he a liquidator, he's also a disgraced liquidator. And so Quark is like, "Ah, oh, you uh, you feel like doing this mission will put you back into good favor with the Grand Nagus, and you can get your uh, job back." Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Exactly. When do we leave?" <laughs> Yeah, so he strong arms it, and that would. It's like, hey, I was part of that mission that got your bitch back. <laughs> uh, so there, there's this uh, uh, hol- holodeck uh, training sequence with um, oh my, <laughs> them like uh, failing horribly at like trying to be like this assault team. So what happens is the holodeck mission is it's in a tunnel. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the race, but two Dominion, the the reptilian like race that just follow orders. They're the muscle of the Dominion. They're, they look like dragon people. Uh, the three of them come out and they just stand still. Yeah, they're literally just standing still. And there's a hologram of um their 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 mom. Uh, the Moogie. gem, the Moogie. Dominion's uh, gem Hadar soldiers. Gem Hadar. There we go. Yeah, and um, they're just standing still, and they all jump out, and they like try to shoot moving targets that aren't even shooting back at them. One of them screams and runs away. One of them shoots five times and misses. One of them drops their gun. Yeah. The only one that gets any hits in is the assassin. And he pops up and he shoots Moogie in the fucking (laughs) heart and kills her. And then Nog comes out and he's like, free simulation. This is the sixth time. So we find out they've been doing this, and he's like, "What is he, going on?" I think he, know I think it's he said a simulation. it was. I think he said it was the eighth, oh, <laughs> right? And they're like, "And the only one to hit anybody was you, Lack. Why did you shoot Moogie? We're supposed to save her." And he's like, "Well, at this point, I thought we were definitely going to lose, so I wanted to spare her from being tortured." I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> you're not. I guess you're not wrong. I mean, I wouldn't want to be tortured by the Dominion either. So, but I mean, maybe shoot the other guys before. <laughs> I mean, if this is their their eighth time going through it, this so guy this guy is like, I'm. We're never gonna win with these fu- fucking idiots. <laughs> he just executes Mookie. <laughs> Fuck, I. <laughs> And so despite uh, the fact they know it's a simulation and it's like the eighth time they've they've been doing this, this isn't gonna happen. Ferengi are not they're, uh, they're, not, they're, they're not soldiers. They're not soldiers. Um they're not like humans that can be conditioned to switch off their their compassion and their fear modules in order to fight. 
or other races, um, they they value life, particularly their own, a, a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm uh, I'm I'm with there, with, with them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's like, okay, we're gonna have to think to our yeah. strengths here. Uh, yeah. So they're they're brain because they uh, they end up leaving the simulation and they're kind of brainstorming and they're and uh, I think it's uh, 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 Rom. Yeah, like, actually. <laughs> yeah, Rom, who is uh, kind of depicted as being this like complete mook, this like, complete he's co- idiot. He's a complete dummy, huh? But every time there's an episode that fo- focuses on the Ferengi, it's always him, it's always Rom that actually has the bigger ideas. Right. But it's like a Three Stooges skit where, you know, like Mo steals one of the ideas from from the other and he's like that's a stupid idea what we should do is this and then mm-hmm. it just says the same thing but slightly differently oh yeah you're right that is a good idea <laughs> no i i actually feel like quark does value nog and and appreciates I mean, him i mean he keeps him around for some reason yeah so he 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 must have his reasons yep uh so yeah so they he he figures that they um He's like, yeah, we're uh, Ferengi. We're not uh, like we're not a strike force. Like we're 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 not like master tacticians. We're we're, we're negotiators. Not spec ops, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're this is we're we're not Call of Duty here. This is uh, we're negotiators. We're we make bargains. We negotiate big deals. Yeah, we're not big boss. <laughs> we're not we're not taking on uh, we're not putting on war paint and taking out the enemy. Yeah, yeah. We're not. And, uh, uh, what do they do? Uh, we're not. Uh, we're, not we're not. We're not a team of solid snakes infil- infiltrating Shadow Moses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I have to remember what the boss taught me about CQC. Uh, uh, C C uh, C Q um, N close close quarters negotiations. Actually, <laughs> Solid Snake didn't know CQC because he never met the boss. Solid Snake did not. Yeah. Yeah. Although they, they kind of, um, for Metal Gear Solid 4, they kind of were like, because MGS3 was a prequel and like his like clone daddy, uh, Naked Snake, new CQC. So it's like CQC was a thing that had been established in the series at this point. So MGS4, it was like, oh, between the time of Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 4, Solid Snake just decided to take it upon himself to learn CQC. Even though he's like a slowly like dying like old man clone. You know when you're like 70 and you just decide <laughs> to take up karate? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know who else is all 70? Well, at least maybe in Ferengi years. Uh, Mugi. <laughs> Mom. Uh, I and, looked up. Uh, I, I looked up the act- actress. Uh, she was actually like my age, like mid to late thirties at this time. Uh, tragically, she passed away in uh, two thousand four at the age of uh, forty six of oh. se- severe lung cancer. Oh well, your contribution to one of the better episodes of Deep Space Nine, sp- uh, sp- Space Station Nine, Deep Space is. Space- uh, Space Station Nine in deep space. In deep space <laughs> is is welcomed because um, boy oh boy when we do get to meet Moogie, what a fucking gem! I <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. So they're like, uh, okay, so if we need to, uh, uh, if we need to do some negotiation, uh, what are we going to negotiate? And they're like, a prisoner with the Dominion, a prisoner exchange, great. And so they, uh, Major Kira, the one of the like, uh, I think she's head of security, like head of securities or operations or something on Deep Space Nine. She's like, she's like, here, you can have this, uh, this Vorta prisoner uh, of ours. And she's like, because I owe you one. And I guess he had rescued them from the Dominion at one point. She, She says so. Yeah. 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 Which uh, I'm like, I only really remember the early seasons of the the show, and uh, she kind of hated Quark. So 
this interesting is a, how this is a welcome change yeah um yeah and so cisco is like um well good luck with that yeah yeah well like yeah good luck with he's that. like sneaking around and being like a sneaky snake is like one thing but like you're not representing the federation when you're out there dude so yeah um <laughs> if you so if shit so, goes wrong, that's not you're on your own. So uh, we we uh, we we're in the shuttlecraft, and uh, we the gang's all here. And you're like, wow, uh, this is fucking cramped. <laughs> Quark brings this Vorta prisoner, uh, who uh, name I can't remember. Oh, uh, 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 I don't know. I'm just gonna call him the prisoner. Who cares? I'll, I'll see it in a second, but um. Boy, oh boy, do I like this guy. I like this Holy guy too. Shit, he's got strong siege energy. You watched, did you skim or did you watch the, the episode? Oh, I watched the episode. When I'm watching this and he's all like, hmm, maybe death would be like, I'd be better off dead than having to like sh- share this shuttle for a single more hour with all of you. I'm like, man, <laughs> this guy's fucking great. <sighs> I thought he was going to be like dangerous and I'm like, Oh, don't turn your back on him or like whatever. But he, he, so that I'm getting ahead of myself. This is a great character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I really like this character, but the thing is he kind of wants it all to fail because he doesn't want to get handed back to the dominion here. He's a prisoner, but the dominion will just torture him to death to figure out. Well, and he mentions that he's like kind of he doesn't specifically doesn't want to go back because he's disgraced because uh, in Vorta culture, uh, when you're captured, you're supposed to commit suicide. And he's like, uh, and I, uh, I failed at the at commit at that just seemed a bit harsh. <laughs> it's kind of what he, I, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but he said something akin to it, it seemed a little harsh for me. <laughs> It seemed a little drastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so like right away when they introduced the guy and like the actor Kevan. Oh, Kevan. Okay. Yeah. And he's all like, "Hey, everybody, this is Kevan." And Rom is like, "Hey, I'm Rom, and this is my son Nog, and this is Lek." And and Quark is like, "Yeah, he doesn't need to know all our names." <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't care. And then uh, 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 Kevan is like truer words have never been spoken <laughs> this guy's like uh, uh, maybe then, i spoke prematurely when i immediately was like this guy has big siege energy but i meant that in the best way <laughs> possible but then what ends up happening to him is actually like kind of horrifying it's comedic oh but it's also kind of oh i feel i end up liking him and i'm like oh no are we weekend yeah. at Bernie Bernie's? <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't fucking I almost spoiled it for you. I was like, is this Magnificent Seven meets Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> like, I oh the writers of this episode, thank you. Thank you. You have made me actually appreciate Deep Space Nine and want to go and like watch it. Because oh, that is when you take like the Ferengi off and you go do your own story that is like separate from the greater canon lore, you can take more liberties like with this episode. Moi, chef's kiss. I don't know. <laughs> give give this guy an award or let him write his. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of fine with an entire show that's just these guys. <laughs> this ragtag group of Ferengi off of uh, flying adventures. I. I'd be okay with that. Well, and indeed, I think uh, we're one of the big criticisms uh, that's always been levied against uh, Deep Space Nine is that in setting it on a space station and not on a starship, uh, there there's less opportunity for exploration. It, it has much less of an adventure feel to it. It's less adventure, which I... And, and, and indeed, one would say Voyager is the exact opposite. Yeah. cut off from all their family and friends which is bad in a different way but every single episode is dangerous and you yeah. need to worry about supplies they need to worry about communications they need to worry about every single episode is a very dangerous 
Yeah, it's exploration it, adventure. It, it, it's kind of interesting that these shows ran concurrently too, because they were doing like the exact opposite thing. The, the opposite, yeah. Um, um, and I understand that people can like Deep Space Nine because there's more. Um, you get to dive into more character development with each other. True. Yeah, it's this bigger, more established like relationship. But I mean, you can do that on a ship that's exploring too. Yeah, and my problem was uh, uh, I I didn't like most of the characters. Neither I... did I. You know who I liked? <laughs> the Ferengi. Like I, I liked Quark. Um, who's the guy that talks like this and he's always riding his ass? Otto. Uh, Odo. Yeah. Odo. Um, yeah, I like him. I when I got to know him a little bit more, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty fly. Yeah, but I appreciate that kind of like these are the rules, Quark. They're not here for you to bend them. <laughs> I like their dynamic, right? But yeah. it's like I liked. I always liked Doctor Bashir too. But you know I never. What? Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, me too. I never really liked uh, Major Kira all that much. I never really eh. liked uh, Dax. I never really liked Cisco. I thought controversial. I like. I like Janeway more than Cisco. Yeah. Uh. uh I, I never liked his son. So many episodes involved uh, his son. I don't even remember who that is. Oh, uh, Jake Cisco. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like. I'm Quark pulling I... from like decades old memories, folks. I, can you tell I haven't watched this in a long time? Uh, I didn't like Quark when I was younger, but I actually like him a lot more as an adult now. Oh, same. When I was like younger, I was like, ugh. And now I'm like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. This guy's hilarious. Um. Anyway, so they get to the station, and the station that they chose is this meeting place to do a, a prisoner exchange. It's um, a defunct station that's built on the same by the same um, design as Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it's a it's a um, uh, it's a derelict uh, Cardassian uh, space station. That's the exact same has the exact same schematics of Deep Space Nine. So it gives them it gives them kind of the upper the strategic uh, the upper hand home field advantage. But yeah. also, then they don't have to make a new set. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My partner pointed that out. It's like how convenient for set reasons, and I was like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get to the station and they they get set up. Uh, Nog is like uh, sets them up in the infirmary and uh, he keeps calling he keeps calling it uh, uh, base camp and like no one wants to go. He's all very like gung ho trying to be military commander and they're all like, right. Watch your six. Like all right, on the double and they kind of look at him and uh, court kind of size and he's like. Two bottles of latinum to the first person to the infirmary, and then everybody like runs. Yeah, yeah. And he like catches up to uh, Nog, and he's like, "You need to know how to appeal to your people. These are Ferengi." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, when Nog was pay. like on the double, they just like stared at him. Yeah, you shouldn't pay your soldiers to fight. He's like, "Well, you do when you're, they're Ferengi." Um. <laughs> So they get to the infirmary. They they set everything up. They find uh, that a bunch of the medical equipment is still active, and that will be, come into play later. Right. I wondered why. I thought it was just so they could loot. That that's the, what the I station. thought too. But yeah, it's, I was like, oh boy, it, it's planting a seed, uh, a plot element for later. Yeah, that ends now up that becoming important. It. Yeah. Um, so they end up barricading themselves in here, kind of, um, just in case. There's like a last stand situation. Well, they chose that because there's only uh, one way. There's only two ways in or out. Yeah. And so like if they had to, they could uh, they could fortify there. They could fortify it and then have still have an area they could fall back to if they were overrun. So the Vorta uh, end up showing up to uh, to discuss their their terms. And the Vorta commander is fucking Iggy Pop. Which it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's Iggy Pop. <laughs> the main like commander, like Vorta dude, is Iggy Pop. And I was like, what a weird get. Wait, what the f- And like 
I feel like that has to be the kind of cameo where it's like Iggy Pop himself really liked Deep Space Nine, so he told his agent to like keep an eye out for like guest roles. Dude, both of the um, uh, what's this race again? The same as Kivan. Um, uh, the Vorta. Vorta. Um, I was gonna say like both of these. We only see two. Yeah. In this episode, but they're so different and they're so fucking likable, even though they're bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, huh. I had no idea. I, I actually thought you were just making a joke or something. But no, no, no. It's actually Iggy Pop. I, because <laughs> I looked him up because I'm like, why does that guy look and sound? It was specifically his voice. Was he his sounded voice. so familiar like, to me. Who is this guy? Yeah. So I looked him up while I was watching the episode and I'm like, wow, Iggy Pop. <laughs> Crazy. What a. I'm. What a wild, so, what a wild Iggy, cameo. <laughs> Iggy, um, he's got a whole bunch of uh, jar, 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 jar banks. Dang it. What's the, the lizard, pe- the dragon people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The jar, you said it earlier, but I can't remember. Oh, oh the, uh, the, the gem Hadar. Gem Hadar. <laughs> the Jafar. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, the Jafar. They're basically, <laughs> they're basically part of, uh, the Dominion and they're they're the ground soldiers and there's like fifty of them there, yeah. And somehow Cork manages to convince him because he's so sure he has the upper hand to make most of them like exit through deep space, uh, yeah. through um um warp to warp away. Yeah. So the the deal that he brokers is that. Um... Uh, they they're going to be they're going to exchange Kivan for uh, uh, for for Moogie for Moogie Moogie thank you they're going to exchange uh, Kivan for Moogie and uh, Iggy Pop is like well uh, well well uh, or and they they convince him that you know all but uh, two of your uh, Gem Hadar have to leave the station. And he's like, and he's, well, like why? he's like, well, why Iggy Pop's like, well, why would we do that? And they're like, well, because we'll we'll kill Kivan. And he's like, and he's like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna kill him anyway. <laughs> we're gonna kill that asshole anyway. And then Moogie will be dead too. You you don't have any cards to play here. And then Quark is like, ah, but I bet you're really interested in what kind of secrets he might have given the Federation. Yeah. And that's probably why you want him alive. Yeah. And he's like, okay, oh, okay, Ferengi, we'll, we'll play your like little game. Okay, I, I hate Ferengi, we all do, but I see why you guys have reputations for being shrewd negotiators. All right, we'll do it. And you know what? I was expecting the entire time when it was like, okay, we're doing the exchange. Haha, we have you surrounded. I was expecting um, Iggy to be like, <laughs> I lied. <laughs> and just like 50 dudes like pop pop up that we're hiding. Nope. He, apparently these guys are more trustworthy to their oath than for Ferengi are. And so the, the, uh, the 50 or so Jem Hadar that took off in their ship, they have to leave and stay away for three days. Yeah. And so Iggy Pop and... Uh, uh Kivan and his, his two cronies like they have to like chill on the station for three days to give uh Quark and the gang uh time to escape yeah and good, good for them yeah so when the exchange happens they can still peace out yeah so uh shortly thereafter back at uh back at base camp uh, uh Rom uh, is like accidentally accidentally is like oh ho ho I can't believe it we're going to be rich 50 bars of gold plated latinum and there then we get a um a very classic scene of people bickering about wait he told me it was 20 yeah you told me you told me it was 20 Cork is like oh my my brother's my brother meant meant 20 no, no, he, you you said you said fifty. Yeah, and it and uh, uh, Nog 
gets involved and he's like, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's totally 20. And they're like, you guys are all like just conspiring together. Like we don't believe you. And so one of them gets mad and like fires the weapons dealer, the dumb. Uh, yeah, he gets mad and fires a a phaser and like, they uh, jump out of the way and key is just sitting there like eye rolling. Yeah. (laughs) Behind them. And he ends up getting shot. Right in the fucking chest, man. Right in the fucking chest. And his last words are, I hate Ferengi. He falls on his, like, knees and, like, looks down at his own chest. I k- Kudos to this actor. I really like the way he speaks. Like, he, yeah. he has a certain poshness <laughs> to it. And he's like, I hate Ferengi. And he just falls over dead. And I'm like, uh. He has this kind of uh, annoyed indifference. I, I love him. that. I love that so much. That's why I was sad that he died. Like yeah. his annoyed and different and the way he like the, the, the way the actor speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Nog is like, has like a tricorder is examining him and he's like, okay, this man is definitely dead. Yeah, Nog, it, it jumps ahead. Maybe it's like 20 minutes. We, we don't know. It comes back after a commercial break, but he's like scanning, scanning. And when everyone else is talking and worrying, Nog comes over after a long time and he's like, oh, yep, this man is dead. Quark is like, thanks, Dr. Nog. <laughs> so, so they're like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? Like our, our plan just went up in smoke. Um, and uh, you can't have one- a prisoner exchange without a prisoner. And then at one point, Keyvan's corpse like swings his arm over, and they're like, "Ha, oh, he's still alive!" And he's like, "No, no, it's uh, it's not. It's like the the neural transmitters like sending electrical signals to his body, or yada yada yada." And they're like, "Wait, that's it. Find as many of those uh uh those doohickeys as possible." At this moment, I was like, "No, they're <laughs> they're not." And are this is are where they? This is, is where they're going to weekend at Bernie's at. Is it, uh, is it weekend at Bernie's time? No, they, they would never. Are, are they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. The Quark, they do. So Quark goes outside of base camp and uh, meets with meets with Iggy Pop. And Iggy Pop's like, all right, let's do the exchange. Let's get the show on the road. And he's like, yeah, yeah. My, my securities officer just needs a, a few minutes. And he's like. No, we've been waiting for like we've been ready for like an hour. Like, let's get the show on the road. And he's like, "We'll get the show on the road after my securities guy finishes up what he's doing. He just needs he five needs to minutes to check the the chem tra- space chemtrails to make sure your guys have left or something." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like some sort of. Oh, he's scanning the ship to see if there are any biosignatures of the Gem Hadar hiding. And Iggy Pop is like, oh, it. He says something akin to like, "Oh, it's it, it's a shame you don't trust me," which I'm like, "Wow, he he actually seems kind of hurt by that." Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, fine, kill her," and then Moogie's like, "Get Quark, give them what they want." Yeah, and he's um, like, "Oh no, yeah, I intend to." Yeah, it. We just need five more minutes. My securities just, officer just, just needs chill, to, my dude. Just needs to do his thing. And I thought the Marine were annoying. And there's, and so, there's a certain part where um, they're like, um, it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, don't you have like a mom? Like, you understand how it is. And he's like, I was cloned. <laughs> and then Moogie's like, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> so they, they do the prisoner exchange after they've like, uh, uh, after they've, uh, propped up the corpse of this dude with like a bunch of these doohickeys and Quark has let him die <laughs> and uh Nog straight up has like a tricorder and is using with, he's as hiding like a... around a corner he's like remote controlling this guy with like these neural like transmitters like a fucking RC yeah <laughs> and this shit was like this was kind of horrifying to me and they're making this guy like lifeless corpse like awkwardly just like walk and shamble but i needed my call sorry yeah it isn't that a little it's 
horrifying to me. It's uh, to, to me, it's hilarious, but I understand some people. There's a sanctity in death, and you don't fuck with people's bodies. <laughs> it, it's they basically made a remote controlled zombie. That's which why it's like the guy has already suffered, he's already had to hear your bickering for the last day, he's already had to die. <laughs> this is the final indignity. <laughs> Like at this point, I I was shocked that his pants didn't like fall down while he was walking. <laughs> down oh, the I, hallway. oh, I forgot to mention they. Um, Quark was like, uh, "We're gonna move to the um, the the uh, meeting place to like airlock nine, and or airlock number three. And he's like, and um, Iggy pops Iggy, like yeah. is like, "What's wrong with the atrium?" Which was the original meeting place. And Quark is like, "Nothing." but my ship is right by airlock three. So he just levels with him. He's like, but my ship's right there. So, so kind, Iggy pops like kind of want to kind of want to, uh, Amscray once the, uh, once the exchange goes down. And then Iggy's like, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So back during the prisoner exchange, uh, 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 their mom is like walking along this like long corridor. It's the, that kind of like movie trope where when they do the exchange, you walk. It's usually a bridge. Yeah, like yeah, a, uh, right. But in this case, it's a it's a hallway, and they're walking toward one another. And like uh, Nog is controlling the corpse of Keith. <laughs> uh, yeah, his remote control zombie starts like shambling the wrong way, and they're like, "Oh, fix it!" And he's like, "Oh, I can't." I can't. I can't, dude. I, <laughs> this isn't like this isn't like driving a car. And once uh, Ishka like finally gets to the other side, uh, uh, the corpse of Kivan like shambles like right into a wall and just keeps well, going. Yeah, even halfway through, um, Iggy Pop is like, "By God, Kivan, the horrors you must have went through. What have they done? What, <laughs> what have Kivan, they done? What have they done?" <laughs> <laughs> because he's assuming they fucked him up or they've. Brain. they've done something to him but as he gets closer like you said he just kind of like starts bumping into a wall over and over and it's like uh oh the jig is the jig is thoroughly coming to a close yeah and so they they start firing uh, they they start firing on one another um uh the the other ferengi very quickly I love ta- this take the out secret wall like opens and lek is like ha and he gets to use his fucking knife <laughs> he throws his knife at like one of the gem hadar and then the other side of the wall opens and the other two are there and at this point it's like shooting fish in a barrel yeah right these were like faux walls or the walls just slid open and they just they miss a whole bunch but some of them hit it's like this you know like um star wars clone troopers eventually if there's enough of them they're gonna hit you yeah yeah <laughs> maybe and um yeah um iggy pop kind of like ducks during all of like this chaos and yeah, he, his he, bodyguards are taken out. Yeah. He's the only one who ends up living. And at one point, um, uh, Quark is like to Nog, he's like, okay, can you just turn him off now? And like Nog is like kind of laughing and he's like, I can't. As, <laughs> I as, can't. And as, as his the body just hands, Kivon's like still like sham- shambling into the, like wa- right into the wall. And they're like, well, we got Iggy pot. What do we do with him? Win, win. Now and, we still have a Dominion prisoner, and this guy's more valuable than the yeah. last guy. And we saved Mugi, right? Yeah, That'll make them good with the Federation because they'll hand him back over. And it's like, right? Yeah, the, you think the Dominion's ever going to negotiate a prisoner exchange now? Like, well, at least, well, at least they can uh, uh, potentially extract information from this guy. Although it is in their culture that when they're captured, they must commit suicide. So you're not going to get anything out of them anyway. Yeah, I'm sure he's nothing like Kivan, and he he's definitely going to take his own life as soon as possible, based on him ducking. <laughs> from... uh, yeah. Anyway, and when so... when they're taking him, like because they're taking everyone back, they didn't lose anybody. They're taking yeah. him back onto the shuttle, and he's like, <sighs> and before he says anything, Quark is like, "Yes, yes, you hate Ferengi." <laughs> 
And uh, I think his mom, uh, Quark's mom, tells him that uh, uh, the, the Grand Nagus will be proud of him or something like that. Yeah. And that she is, too. And that's um, that's uh, that's the episode. The, the episode uh, fades out with Kiva Ann's body, like just still continuing walking into the bulkhead. It does. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> right. Because it's malfunctioned. Nog doesn't shut off it. And presuming they just like leave. They left him there with like yeah. the little device and the, the diodes still activating. It's kind of horrifying to imagine that like an indis- I mean, an eventually undeter- indeterminate amount of time, this guy's like a walking zombie. Uh, eventually he's going to decompose and presumably these things will stop working, but his knees will give out eventually, right? Yeah. And then he'll just be like like rolling twitching across the floor <laughs> I told you, it's, it's horrifying <laughs> this shit kind of horrified me anyway I like how it ends on, a, on that comical note and it's like wait a second that's not okay anyway I'm not doing Cal- anything with the body <laughs> Cal you just caught a random episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine are you going to tune in next week you know what I am I I'm suspicious this that this may be one of the better episodes, but based on this episode, you can beam me up. Well, according to Wikipedia, uh, geek.com recommended this episode as essential watching for their abbreviated uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine binge watch guide. Oh. So they this is considered this episode's considered essential viewing. I agree. I agree me, too. The Star Trunk expert. <laughs> I, I will uh, I I would certainly tune in next week after after this. Although I I suspect, uh, well, actually, I already know. Not every episode of Deep Space Nine is like this. No. Uh, anyway, that was uh, episode twenty nine of the Laser Cone Podcast. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. L-E-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're at the $5 and up tier. You get preamble audio of me and Cal kind of shooting the shit for this and all the various shows we do week in and week out. You also get a monthly-ish commentary track. Uh, it looks like uh, based on uh, Patreon poll, the next commentary track is going to be for 1986's Highlander. That was the winner. Oh, it's happening. There can be only <laughs> one, except there were five of them and i was gonna say there could be only five there, there were five of them and uh two tv shows and, and a cartoon and a cartoon <laughs> and an anime which the anime is actually like probably the best sequel weirdly enough i didn't know it's really an anime it's really hard to find now like it came out in 2007 it's called highlander vengeance it's actually really good it's the best of the like sequels uh, Holy shit! Okay, but it it but it's so hard to find. Like it's super out of print, and it was like almost immediately. Uh, but uh, if you can track it down, it's definitely worth watching. Huh. Anyway, we've, at the... we've got a Kino's journey situation with with that. It seems I've never been able to find it on anything. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, at the uh, ten dollar tier, you get to pick a show for us to review a random episode of just like we do on each and every episode. Uh, We've done several Patreon-sponsored episodes of this podcast at this point, and uh, we got some more coming up in uh, uh, just a couple months here. So Mm -hmm. uh, you also get uh, our news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight. So uh, patreon.com slash lasercomb if you want to get in on that. Uh, Social media, go to facebook.com slash lasercomb or go to Twitter and follow me at lasercomb. And Cal, they can follow you at? You can follow me at NeoCal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. We're going to uh, continue on with our Star Trek-themed month, and next up in line is Star Trek Voyager. So we're going to... Please be a decent episode. (laughs) We're going to share a screen here. All right. How many episodes did Voyager have? Uh, 172. All right. One random number is between 1 and 172. And here we go. And we're going to land on uh, 117 again. 
We landed Wait. on 117 for uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Was it exactly 117? It was. It, it was 117. Yeah. Uh, do we do we want to cheat and do a reroll? Um, it be well. Technically, random is still random. All right. Yeah. Okay. Unless uh, we glance at the episode and it's bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is uh, season five, episode twenty-three, eleven fifty-nine. You're Jane right. Wave. If it's the same number, I guess that we should re-roll. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna do it. We're breaking the rules. We're gonna re-roll. All right, here we go. Just because I I two Star Trek shows both with episode 117. Nah, nah, let's not do that. All right, what are we going to land on now? 12. Oh, we're going back. We're going right, we're going all the way back to season 1. Yeah, it's a little weird to to episode 117. We can we can mix it up more than that. Uh, Heroes and Demons, the holographic doctor must rescue crew members who were turned into light energy in a holodeck simulation of Beowulf. You know what? I'm good with that. That sounds fun. Because I like the doctor. I oh, holy shit! There we go. All right. Oh, the doctor. I'm I'm pulling out my signed uh, autograph. Um, of um, uh, oh, what's his name? His name is uh, Robert Picardo. Robert P- Picardo, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm always like it, it's close to Picard. <laughs> He ended up actually joining the final season. Well, he had a recurring role in Stargate SG-1, and he ended up joining the final season of Stargate Atlantis uh, as a main cast member. So, right, he, yeah, that that was that that made me want to uh, actually give that that a shot. Well, I, I do want to do a a Stargate themed uh, month uh, sometime down the road for this podcast. So maybe we'll land on one of those episodes. Anyway, that was episode 29 of the Lazy Cone Podcast. Uh, and until next week, I've been one of your hosts, Lieutenant Commander Siege. And I'm uh, your other host, Padawan NeoCal. And until next time, two to beam up. Reboot. Two to ma- beam up. Ma- maximize. Two to uh, I beam am up. transformed. <laughs> Nothing. There's two bars of uh, gold-plated latinum in it for you. (laughs)